Keep it simple, keep it small, and there will be enough for all. Take a little, give a lot. Thank Mother Earth and Father Sky for what you've got. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Green Woman Podcast. I am your host, Reggie Weber, and a member of the Green Woman Leadership Training Initiative. As Green Women, we are concerned about our self-care practices, women's issues, healthy living, nature healing, the environment and climate change, social justice, and living in harmony with Mother Earth for optimal health. I am so happy you are here today. I am doing a follow-up on resiliency, which was on episode number 10. And I'm going to give you a few little tips or words about resiliency that helped me in my life, because I am going to tell you my story. In episode 10, we talked about my mom and a little bit about my dad and how it all came to be that my mom had built her resiliency, which I believe that I saw and I took on for myself also. She was a great teacher in that. So there's three words that I came up with. Look or observe, learn, get informed, and listen. Listen to your inner wisdom. We all have it. And also listen to what's going on in your environment. So between the ages of one and six, life went just like a between a one and six-year-old should go. Pretty much I was playing with my brother. I had a brother. And we would just play and do all the things kids do, get outside and have fun. Well, At age seven, in the fall, my dad had, at my age seven, my dad had gone hunting and over a weekend, and back then they didn't have cell phones, and my mom hurt her back. She was unable to move for the whole weekend and was in bed the whole time. I had a sister that was only about six months old at that time my brother, myself, and there was a lady upstairs in a duplex that would come down and check on us every once in a while. Well, I have to tell you, this was my first big lesson in learning about resiliency. Since my mom couldn't get out of bed, she would instruct me to put towels under her. And of course, then I'd have to put them in the bathtub after they were soiled. And I learned how to feed my sister her bottle, and uh, just kind of take care of everyone. That time was really interesting for me because I remember it so well. It's also a time that we listen what we're being told uh, by our parents. Mine was especially my father. I felt like I had lost my voice after that. Things were kind of topsy-turvy, living at home, going on, doing a lot of chores. I was the oldest, so, you know, that's what kids did back then. But I started a coping mechanism, 
And I did start to listen to my inner wisdom. When things got tough, I got out. I would go ride my bike, which was one of the best things I ever did, go for a walk. But one of the things I did was ride my bike to a park. We lived across the street from a lake and there was a park on the other side. When things got rough at home, I would go to that park and I sat underneath a big old oak tree and it sat on a knoll overlooking the lake and I would just talk to God or the universe. And that really helped me. I felt so good afterwards. It was like you were talking to somebody what you, where you were and what you were in and the type of situation and just getting it off your chest. So that was a coping skill that I had developed. Well, then it was college. And here's another one. I did not want to go to college. And I just, when I was younger too, I sat down by the Mississippi River. We used to live close to there. And I would watch the trains and the airplanes come in from the air, airport and the riverboats going up and down the river. And I just wanted to travel. I wanted to meet people and learn from people. Well, that was not to be. I was the eldest and I was going to college. So I was not happy about that. So I went off to college like a good little girl. I met a guy and got married at age 20. But I got out of the house, right? All things were going to be better, right? Wrong. As I mentioned in the previous podcast, episode 10, my mom stayed in her marriage for 46 years, and it wasn't all roses. But my parents were role models of how life goes on, right? Well, not so fast. As I was not listening to my inner wisdom when I was going to get married, because I did have a little thing in me that said, maybe not, but oh, I'm going to go ahead. It resulted in a 10-year marriage of my ex-husband with infidelity issues, drinking, emotional abuse, which led to one incident of physical abuse. At that point, after 10 years, I said, my kids and I are not going to have to live this way anymore. Not like I did when my parents would argue all the time and I had to ride my bike across the lake and get some reprieval. And the marriage ended when my kids were five and three. I felt there was a, it was a good time to correct any damages and provide a better life for myself and my kids. So I looked to what was going on in my life. And I started listening to my heart and my inner wisdom. And I learned to make a change, which meant I had to take a risk. So as my journey started off with the three of us and my two kids and myself, we developed a mantra. It kind of goes like this. I said, you need to tell the truth and be honest, which leads to trust. You need to be respectful, respectful to yourself and others, your environment, where you live, play, work, and go to school. Respect all inhabitants of the earth and earth itself and live within the law 
and you pretty much have life at your fingertips. Just think. I think for a kid, if I can trust and be and have respect and live within the law, well, that's exactly what they did. And life was pretty fun. For the next 17 years, life was going pretty good for the three of us. We said we were three spokes in a wheel just wheeling through life. Then on January 3rd, 2000, my daughter, who was 20 at that time, was suddenly killed in a car accident. Two pieces of lumber, two by 12s, 21 feet long, came off of the back of a trailer and went through the windshield. And she was killed instantly, one mile from her exit off the freeway to come home. And what make matters worse, I was in Ireland at the time. I got the phone call she had died on a Monday. But it was Tuesday in Ireland, and all the international flights had already left for the day. I finally got home on a Wednesday evening, and the whole house was filled with people. Saturday was the funeral. My life had just turned upside down, inside out. Of course, I was so broken with all of this after the funeral. I had said to myself, how do I get through this? My mom was living with me at the time, and I asked her the same thing. My mom told me that she had read books all her life, which I know I saw her do. And she started reading in China about the lives of people in all different situations, some of it historical novels, and said it gave her strength and resiliency to go on in the face of much adversity. So I started researching. There's that learning process again. For books on parents who have lost their children suddenly and accidentally, not through death, not through sickness, not through being murdered, but only through losing them suddenly and accidentally. Oh my God, it was amazing how many things people go through. Then after reading, I started to become so grateful. I mean, I've always been grateful in my life, but now it was so different. It was like ingrained in me. I was so grateful that I had a daughter. A lot of people don't even get to have kids, don't even have daughters, but I got a daughter. She lived 20 years. Some kids don't even make it two days. Some eight, nine, ten but I got her for 20 years. She was healthy. I did not have to care for a sick child. I felt so grateful. Since that day, I have established a lifetime of gratefulness. And gratefulness helps us get out of the dark. It's like turning a switch on. And you just, There is something that just makes you feel better. But in addition, I also went for some support. 
again, that learning and listening, I went to an organization called Compassionate Friends for parents who have lost their children. I probably was only there about two years, but I did listen. Then five months after my daughter's death, my son came home from northern Minnesota at a college and was going to go to a college in the cities. But he told me, Mom, I'm going to go live on campus. Oh, my God. My heart was so broken. I was so devastated. You talk about empty nester syndrome. I lost my daughter in January. My son is going to live on campus, and I have my mother living with me. (laughs) Well, it was probably the best thing I did. I let him go and grieved his way. He needed his support of his friends. He found other guys who had lost their siblings, and he could relate. I still had my siblings. I didn't know what that was like. So what was I to do? I just couldn't figure it out. My mom was living with me, and she was doing her own grieving. So I went and I got the book titled On Death and Dying by Kubler-Ross. It was the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. It's been noted noted that some people go through all of these. Some go through just a couple of them. Maybe some don't go through any. And it definitely isn't linear. You don't start at one and go the other. Well, I allowed myself time to listen to myself, to get informed. And it took me about three to four years. In that fourth year, oh, I want to back up and tell you something. I also read that when tragic things happen and you don't know where to go, go back to your childhood. And what were your plans at that time? What did you, what were your goals and your desires? Well, that's what I did. And of course, I wanted to travel. That was always my initial. But I also wanted a house or a horse ranch in the foothills of the mountains. Well, I didn't get the horse ranch, but I did get the house in the foothills of the mountains out in the state of Wyoming. I bought my house in 2004, and I moved out there in 2005 and took a year off uh, for my job in, um, as a nurse and because I needed that year just to be with myself. Well, about four or five months later, my son called me. His son was born in September. I had left in July, and they needed help with Grandma. I looked at those mountains, and I said, I can do this. And I did. As a child, I would dream of the guy I wanted, and now he has been in my life for 15 years. I'm retired I'm enjoying life. I have two beautiful grandsons, and I still have my place in the mountains. Now, I would like to leave you with a poem titled Wreckage by Nikita Gill. There is nothing beautiful 
about the wreckage of a human being. There is nothing pretty about damage, about pain, about heartache. What is beautiful is their strength, their resilience, their fortitude, as they display an ocean of courage when they pick up through the wreckage of their life to build something beautiful, brand new, against every odd that is stacked against them. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, and we also welcome reviews. Until next time, be informed, stay healthy, live green, and in harmony with Mother Earth, our true mother. Keep it simple, keep it small, and there will be enough for all. Take a little, give a lot, thank Mother Earth and Father Sky for what you've got.